Here we go. Hey, everybody. We back again. We back. I'm Spencer. Of course, we have our licensed clinical therapist, Nas. Dr. Nas. Nas, big, big, big Nas. Big, nasty draws, Nas. Hold up. Nasty draws. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And of course, we have our special guest for today, Vicky. Hey, guys. I'm back. Hello, therapist. You sure about that? Yep. Both of you therapists? I don't know. My therapist knows how to spell. (laughs) We're both as fucked up as the therapist in the show today. So, yeah. (laughs) Vic almost spit out her juice. Uh, And this is the Different Spectrums podcast where we talk about movies, shows, and mental health. Uh, we also have some laughs, so don't take us too seriously. Or do. Also, don't forget to run up those likes for us. We'd really appreciate it. <laughs> also, we have a Google Drive that has all all information about apps, resources, all that fun stuff. So go check it out and Please leave a tip if you do use any of those resources that are in the Google Drive. That would really help us out. Oh, a lot yeah. of hours went into the Google Drive by Nas and interns. We want to get paid. Yep. Oh, real quick, pausing something. Yes. So, yes, check out the resources, the Google Drive, the worksheets, tons of worksheets for mental health, anxiety, depression, relationships, all types of stuff in there. But specifically, I, I wanted to do this and I've been forgetting because the ADHD kicks in. Shout out to New Jersey holding it down. Shout out to New Jersey being our top listeners. Specifically, and I know you're going to hear this, but me and Colin had to Google it. It was a a population in Flanders, New Jersey. We had to Google it. There's only like 9,000 people there, but there was a high rate of people clicking there. The next highest is Minnesota. So obviously everyone in Winona, Minneapolis, St. Paul. So shout out to y'all. Where my native home of Michigan is like literally like seventh or eighth on the list. So wow, your crew's doing very well. Yeah, uh, I think third was New York and fourth was Cali. Uh, so shout out to Jersey, shout out to Minnesota, uh, Cali, and New York, Michigan, and all my friends. Shout out to everyone in in Clio and Caledonia. So I don't know if it's your friends like or your family can hear it. If you if you if you if your family members over there. Go fuck yourself. Uh, and if you're friends, <laughs> you know, go fuck yourself. So, yeah. So, the people who are watching, who are friends with those people, tell them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> yeah. they didn't I just, just, just want to give a, a shout out to those uh, those states and a couple cities mm-hmm. specifically that I looked up. Uh, much appreciation, much love. It shows that you've been watching for a long time. Uh, those those cities. So, yeah, yeah. Sorry to take the wind. I, just, I had to say it or I was going to forget it. No, that's fine. Awesome. Um, and then also on the list, we do have June guests that are going to be coming on to the show. Doctors, physicians, cool people. I have no Preachers. idea. Um, what'd you say? One of them's a preacher. Oh, I thought you said something else. All right. Fair enough. It's like, do you say bitches? What? You no. Bitches? Preach. <laughs> Looks like we got bitches coming on. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> We get fancy. Hey, about to get real famous. Uh, so, 
uh, <laughs> check out some of our guests that we're going to be having on. Uh, they're brand new to the pod, so you know, give them some time. Give them yeah, some time. give them some time. Be kind when they come. Be kind because they might not yeah, be. Don't be a dick. They might not be exciting, mm. but some of them will be exciting. I don't know. We'll see. Some of them won't be exciting. I can't wait. <laughs> Hello, my name is Juan. Oh my. <laughs> well, Juan, uh, let's have a conversation about mental health. Yeah, it's from Napoleon okay. Dynamite. <laughs> okay. Juan, this is Pedro ass. Oh, right, I was close. So, dumbass. Uh, so today. We're going to be checking out a couple scenes from the show Unprisoned. Unprisoned. Um, starring the annoying woman that I cannot stand at all. Um, I hope Carrie Washington. It. There she is. Carrie, Carrie Washington. Washington. Yeah. It's like, all right, we got it. Stop showing your teeth. I don't need to see every fucking, every second. Stop body shaming. <laughs> Too late. All right. So uh, this show is all about um, a man going to prison and his daughter and all the tri trials and tribulations that they have to go through in daily life. Um, and so one of the first scenes is um, uh, Paige, and um, she's talking with um, her inner self inner self and what she's kind of going through at the time because uh, she just broke it off with her boyfriend who's also the um, dad's parole uh, officer yeah parole officer a PO for her dad so that's fun um, and then she finds out that her son went to one of the prisons uh, without her grace without her good graces there you go. Um, that was the first scene. And then the second scene is actually the dad, Edwin, going to Mall, who was the PO, um, and uh, kind of talked to him like, hey, man, can I stay with you? I need a place to stay. Um, and Mall pretty much tells him no because they just broke up. So, and how he pretty much fucked up his daughter by going to prison and being an asshole. Yeah. Uh, it's just a bit uh, no, intense. Anything before we get into the scene? Uh, Vic's the one that recommended that I watch this. I was very hesitant because uh, I wasn't the biggest Kerry Washington fan either. Uh, and the dad, <laughs> uh, you know, he always plays an asshole to dad. So I just don't enjoy him because he's just always like very standoffish and just kind of he's just always a dick. Uh, so I had it on my save stuff on Hulu. Vic said, watch it. So I was like, fuck it. And then she's a LMFT, marriage and family uh, therapist. And so, yeah, we're going to get into trials and tribulations of her thinking that she knows everything. Uh, we're going to talk about mm -hmm. relationships and insecurities and the traumas that we face and how it impedes and intrudes on our future relationships, current relationships later in adulthood. Uh, but specifically also, you know, how therapists don't have it all figured out. And uh, we got a lot of shit, too. Uh, I'm not telling this to people who, like worry about us, but you know, grant us some grace. Um, grant everyone some grace. Uh, but then we're going to talk about how to repair some of these things. So what the hell's going on and maybe give some people hope. Uh, so hopefully we can do some mending in this. So let's check out these scenes. Let's come back. Let's chop it up. We'll give some case studies, some examples, and then like kind of what we would do if this was our client. And then we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about daddy issues. 
Mm. Good. She got Fun. she got mom issues, daddy issues. She got she 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 got it all. She got everybody issues. Yeah, she just yeah. the girl's damaged. Yeah. Okay. I can't love anyone. All right. Uh, whoop whoop. <laughs> whoop whoop. Okay. Time for the commercial. Sponsored by nobody. Chex Mix. Oh. Chex Mix. <laughs> Sponsored by <laughs> the Golden oh, no, Peaks Tea. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're not an official sponsor, so please don't sue us. Thank you. Yeah, they are not an official sponsor. <laughs> I just, you know, it's something I had. Hold uh, Yep. All right. I'm done talking. There you go. I'm not actually sure how he is. Uh, I haven't spoken to him. So you haven't gotten him out yet? No, and I'm not planning to. But also, I need to tell you something. Uh, (laughs) um, I had sex with Bill. Oh, wow. Um, Okay, I was not expecting that. Me neither. Um, And I I didn't do it because I want to be with him. You know, I I did it because I'm just really trying to figure out who I am and what I need. And this is how you go about it? Um... So we're done. I want to be in love with you. I feel like I should be in love with you because you're so good. You're so wonderful. I hope that you know that, 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 that there's literally nothing wrong with you whatsoever at all, ever. But I'm, uh... Hmm. I'm, I'm just not there. <laughs> Paige, this is about your dad. Okay? He got arrested, and now you're reacting. No. No, it's not about my dad. <laughs> I mean, yes, him getting out and coming to live with me and now getting arrested has made it super-duper clear that every choice I've ever made in every relationship is really because I've never dealt... Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's maybe a, a little bit about my dad, but... Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you believe this or not, but you deserve to be with somebody great. You really do, but no one great is going to put up with any of this, so whatever you have going on, I hope you figure it out. She knows how you feel? But sorry, her dad wasn't in jail. Her boyfriend was. And you can leave a boyfriend anytime you want. But a dad? You're stuck with him forever. Wait, wait, stop. You stop. I'm ranting. No, no, I'm just getting something that I wasn't getting before. I think that I need to talk to you. I think that there are things that you need me to say in order for you to feel safe. I'm listening. Oh, man. I'm so sorry for everything that you've been through. That your mom left you, and you had to stay in all those foster homes, that your dad went to prison, and I am double 
triple sorry that I have not been there for you in the way that I should have. Come here. People are going to leave you. But I will never, ever leave you again. So you can relax. Okay? You can go play. Go be a kid. You don't you don't have to take care of me anymore because I'm gonna take care of you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> charge and I'm just not down with bullshit. Can I come in for a second? Uh, I was hoping you might let me stay for a couple days, you know, just till I get... Yeah, I just didn't want to be a burden on page, you know. I get it. Sorry. But no, Edwin, I'm your caseworker. I'm not your friend. Yeah, I'm thinking we're almost kin folk. We were, but not anymore. You okay, man? No. No, I'm not okay because I broke the number one rule of my job. I got personally involved with a client, and my clients are not the kind of people that you want to be personally involved with because hurt people hurt people. She ended it, didn't she? Yeah. She ended it, but not because of me. You know why she ended it? Because she can't take in the love of a good man. She doesn't recognize it walking down the street, and you know why? Because she's never goddamn seen it before, and you know why? Because you abandoned her when she was three years old, and then you kept on abandoning her, and then every time you took her back, you taught her that men are unreliable, untrustworthy, and selfish, that they will continue to use her to feel good about themselves, then hurt her and leave her. That is what you did, and now she is paying the price. And so am I. I ain't got no excuses, man. I don't have anyone to blame but myself. I should have known better. I should leave, man. Yep. You want to stay at the halfway house legally? I'm required to take you in, but it's up to you. No, no, I'm straight. Thank you for everything. Yeah. Um, so we are back. And we're live. And we're live. Like a tostada. Just, yeah, let's okay. Tostada. Mexicans coming out of you. All right, here we go. Uh, <laughs> so first thing we watched 
was uh, Kerry Washington's character Paige breaking up with Maul because she slept with her ex. Um, don't recommend that, by the way. You know, and then just she did it so casually. She was more pissed off about her son actually going to a prison than her, you know, breaking up with her boyfriend after cheating on him because she's not in love with him. Like, great. Yeah, um, it was so confusing. She's, she's a like, therapist. she's like, I'm going to do this to find out if I love my boyfriend. I'm like, well, if you need to have sex with someone else to figure out if you love your boyfriend, you probably don't love him. Yeah, no, it's probably a no in that department. Probably um, a no. <laughs> yeah. So uh, lacking common sense. Lack yeah. everything, really. She's not a bright bulb in the show, apparently. One scene I've seen, <laughs> two scenes, three, three scenes I've seen her in. Already fucking hate her. Can't watch it. Can't watch the show. Hate her before I saw any of the scenes, but you know what? Really hate her now. <laughs> um, but so, like I said, her father went to prison. Um, and uh, she has been really dealing with the effects of that decision. I haven't seen the show, so I'm not huge yep. on the context. Um, so, um, Nas said, you said that um, she also had some issues with her mom. Uh, yeah, so they don't talk about mom often, but the premise of the show is unprisoned, and so thus the dad gets out of prison after, I think, seven or nine years, something like that. Uh, could mm-hmm. could could have been even actually longer than that. Maybe it was like 17 years. Um, but he's in and out of the joint for a long, long time, then there's a really long stretch. So mom left him when they were very young. Uh, dad's taking care of the kid. Dad takes care of the kid, but he's like trafficking drugs. He's like a driver and just trafficking drugs. Gets in and out in prison. He gets this uh, white lady that he's hooking up with. That's kind of like his his partner in crime with some things. And so he mm-hmm. leaves her with this stepmom-ish, the girlfriend. He leaves her with the girlfriend, custody. And, you know, they mm-hmm. got issues, right? She's not doing well. Fast forward, Kerry Washington's got a child now. He's like a teenage boy. Uh the lady that was his partner in crime is now working for the mayor. So she's gotten clean. She's doing her thing, got her business. In the show, they labeled the white lady as borderline personality disorder or cluster B. They say that she's cluster B. I'm like, mm. ah, I can see some of that. Um, yeah, I think it's just pretty derogatory. I think I think Paige is more cluster B, uh, honestly, than what the mom was. The mom was a little erratic and kind of mean and volatile, but... Not really. Um, just kind of premises the trials and tribulations of her dealing with her dad, getting fresh out of the pen, and her wanting him to do well, but always being anxious and always being mad at him because he's let her down a million times. So she's like, fuck you. Why should I trust you? Uh, right. But then she turns and she starts to like trust him and he does better. And that's the story is he does better. Yeah. And then she just continuously gets fucking mad at him. Mm-hmm. And she thinks that she knows everything. And so that if you want to get angry at a character, Spence, like legitimately, mm-hmm. I was very angry at her a, a lot. I, I understood many of the things that she went through, but I'm like, girl, you're making so many fucking wrong choices. It's horrible. Uh, See, I can't. That's one thing for me. Like, I can't watch a show that I'm constantly just angry at characters, yep. you know, because I want to. I don't have to love every character, but at the same time, if I hate them enough, I don't want to watch off. it. 
Yeah, it does. Like I could watch Thanos all day. I don't hate him. I, you know, I don't like the things that he does, but mm-hmm. that means I doesn't mean I hate him. He's a good villain for that. I can respect a good villain. But once you're just like a piece of shit, normal person, it's like, why am I watching you? I can deal with that normal life. So to be fair, she's not like a super terrible person. She's like a solid person. But in a relationship, she keeps making mistakes. And then she's a little overbearing as well. Yeah. Even that. The writers in the show wrote her very well because for them to make you dislike her, because you Mm -hmm. should like her because she's a therapist. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And she's like helping people. But then you're like, wait a minute, this shit ain't adding up. Uh, She really fucked up. She is. And then that's what we're going to get into in scene three is talking about why. Uh, Mm hmm. So, right, Vic is the one that recommended this, and then go figure you haven't even seen the whole goddamn show. He's <laughs> like, you know what? Hey. One scene. <laughs> Episode one, you'll watched, like it. I watched 80%. I'm like two episodes, and I'm done. Oh, you're teased. Got it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> she, she does a little nut. So, scene, scene one. Uh, that's my bad. I yes. thought I thought Vic watched it all. Um, but I picked the first scene because I thought it played well into the other two. Uh, you know, he's a good dude. And they, 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 they make you love this dude in the show. They make you like, mm-hmm. not only is he gorgeous, uh, he's highly he intelligent, motivated, good dude, helping out other people. They, they reference that he's gorgeous like 50 times in the fucking show. Do they? Do good, they though? He's a good looking motherfucker. <laughs> I think you're just, you're just like, they said he was gorgeous like 50 times. <laughs> um, so they're like, toothy they, daughter. <laughs> I know, that's why I did that. So they make you like him as, as a person. And then they're like trying to get you to start disliking her and the choices, what she's doing. It's starting to get you to be cringy, like oof uh, or ick about her choices. Uh, so she decides to have sex with her ex that was a piece of shit and pretty much married while dating her. And the dad gets out of prison. He's like, you're a side piece. He's like, you're a jump off. And she's like, no, I'm not. He's like, no, you're straight up jump off. You just don't fucking understand it. Um, so then she talks to him and then, you know, it turns out that's what she is. Uh, but she's like constantly wanting to text and constantly wanting to see what he's doing and stalk him. She can't get him out of his mind, even though he doesn't really care about it. Um, mm-hmm. So eventually he leaves his wife, you know, probably because like she hated him or like, right. Not probably because he chose to. And then that's when mm-hmm. she decides to sleep with him. Supposedly to figure out herself, even though she's in a committed relationship with the parole officer. But then again, the dad said that you're not even in love with this parole officer. You just like him because he's a good dude and you want to be a good person, but you don't actually like him. Um, so, so she's got a lot of stuff. She got a lot of stuff when it comes to relationships and a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. So, Vic, what did you think about uh, when you saw the scene? Well, I, I was pissed off. Because, like you said, the parole officer is a really likable guy, despite the fact that he's fucking his parolee's daughter. But um, yeah, it's like, girl, like, let's get it together. Like, like you said, like he's a, he's a good guy, and I feel like 
she felt pressure from her dad. Like when dad first got out of the joint, he was like, you need to stop messing with these white men and the black guy. So I think he kind of planted that seed, like date a black guy, the next guy date a black guy. And so he's like, well, what do you have to lose? You know? So I think maybe feeling that pressure from dad and, and trying to like mend or have some sort of relationship with dad, like, well, maybe he's right. Because he mentioned something like, oh, you're a jump off. And if you weren't, then he wouldn't tell or do certain things around you. Correct. And so when she saw that, she was like, okay, okay. Maybe he knows what he's talking about a little bit. So then maybe that kind of set the tone for, all right, maybe Bill's not the guy for me. He's playing me. And she started seeing signs herself. So then, you know, when the black guy started making his moves, the PO, she's like, well, you know, I'll give it a try. But I, I really feel like dad's pressure and societal pressure of her being a black woman that, okay, I need to be with a black man and a white man is not going to treat me or respect me. Or I think maybe, you know, her trying to figure out her identity on top of the daddy issues. That's probably why she was kind of just like, oh, like, I don't know, like, let me try to figure it out or give it a try. But gosh, she messed over a good dude. And it's like, he wasted his time, you know? Um, something that stuck out to me when she was having that conversation with him was, I need to figure out who I am. Um, and I was just like, you need to figure out who you am, but you you hurt this person. And the end result, like, you're hurting people along the way and finding who you are instead of taking that time and saying, all right, I need to just work on me and figure out things that I like or dislike without another person or other people being involved. So I agree. It's kind of messed up, but you know, that's part of the show. It is as part of the show. Right. I mean, if everything was just perfect, then there wouldn't be a show. We wouldn't watch it because it was like, Oh, she works on herself. She's single. And then she dates and finds a healthy individual. That's not a show. Anyone wants to watch. They want drama. They no. want chaos. They want shameless. Um, so kind of what me and Spence were talking about a couple podcasts back called the grand crew. Um, they were talking about like this whole phase, but that, and I co-signed the whole phase. I'm cool with it because you're doing that after you got all this relationship and now you're single, you're being upfront with what's going on. You're looking for what you like, don't like taste interests, personalities. And so they, you know, you, you shake your head in, in laughter, but it like, you know, some people may go through that. No, you know, when, when Vic, you know, was fresh out of the, out of the relationship, <laughs> I might've been Christ. like, Hey girl, you know, go do what you gotta do. Yeah. Be a hoe, Vic. Be a hoe. <laughs> nope. That's not me. No. That's not my DNA. And technically you ain't, you know, I just <laughs> said, go on some dates. I said, go on some dates, go talk to people, go, 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 go do things. Uh, and everyone, people. everyone's immediately thinks I'm talking about. It's like, go be a hoe. And I'm like, yeah. I did never <laughs> said that. Uh, you just did, but it's fine. It's yeah. Fine. Go with your emotions. <laughs> go hoe with your emotions. That sounds yeah. even worse. That sounds. Send out your hoe time. <laughs> yeah. Clock in. <laughs> it's hoe time. <laughs> It's five o'clock. Time to get to home. No, <laughs> just punch it in my clock. Yeah, I'm on duty. I'm on duty. I'm, I'm, I'm on duty. Um, but I, I can co-sign that. I've got clients that are fresh out of breakups and we're processing and working through things, and they're going on dates and experiencing things and talking about things, and we're talking about 
emotional, physical, intellectual, intimacy, all those things. Uh, but in a relationship, in a committed relationship, I, mean, I can't co-sign that. I can't co-sign you hurting someone because that's that's not what we're doing. Yeah, so I, I would never co-sign that. Um, and you think as a marriage and family therapist that she would understand some of these things. I think that because Maul was such a good dude, she feels like him being good can make her good, make her feel good. Kind of like how we talked about beef last week. But she mm-hmm. married that good dude and some of that goodness will rub off on him. Maybe if this good dude really likes me and really loves me and shows me all this tension, maybe I'm not broken and a piece of shit and I do deserve better. And I've got people that come to me like this, men, women, doesn't matter. And and they think that they're in love with the individual and they want to be in love with the individual, but they're not because there's still some stuff that they need to process and work through. Um, Mm. And the funny thing is, is they'll be like, they're such a good person. I don't want to break up with them. I said, sometimes good people, that's awesome. They're a good person, but they're not your person. Mm. Right. Right. I, I, and this isn't no whole phase, no cheating. I just got a lot of students that it's a wonderful dude, wonderful woman. It's a wonderful individual. And then there's this guilt and shame of not wanting to break their heart. Or sometimes they'll date their best friend for years and years and years. And, but now it's run its course or now you've grown out of it and you found yourself being too dependent. And now you want to see what's out there because You've seen you're too dependent. You don't talk to anyone else, not a lot of other friends, not a lot of experiences. You don't know what your identity is other than you being with them. Okay, so now I can see you wanted to jump boat. And I can co-sign that. Um, and I love working with those clients too, because it's not like they come to my office, I'm breaking up with this. I'm like, okay, slow, you know, it's I I never have to slow people down. We legit process it, talk about it, they're anxious, they're sad, they're fucking terrified. Good majority of the time is with my neurodivergent clients and they're trying to figure out how to say like they don't like this person or they don't want to be physical with this person anymore or right mm. they don't want to let this person down because they helped regulate them for so many years as friends and then now they're partners in a confusing friendship with romance. Uh, so it's it can be intense letting good people go. And the question I always get is what if the next person I get is a legit piece of shit? What if I'm only going to meet fucking terrible people after this? Why would I let this good one go when I have no fucking clue what's out there? But I'm like, homie, you you can't be hurting them. Why 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 would you be continuously hurting them and then you're technically hurting yourself because you're not in love? And I'm not talking about whole love where you just mushing mushing parts together. I'm talking about like the the stuff after sex dies. That's love. <laughs> I'm talking about when you're taking the shit and the door is open. That's love. <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest love you can ever get. Hey, girl, we got toilet paper. <laughs> Not what's inside of me. That's love. <laughs> <laughs> When'd you have spinach? You cheating on me again, ain't you? Damn it. <laughs> uh, uh, I make some jokes, but I know it can very be complicated. I know I dislike her in this in this stuff. I do feel empathy for her, um, mm. which can lead into the next scene. Uh, okay. 
which is Spence explained it uh, earlier as the first scene. To, uh, but uh, sorry, I can must I confused him. But we're gonna do this scene specifically on the little girl. And I'm gonna throw it back to Vic because you said you've seen some similarities and some stuff. So what did you see in that second scene when she was talking to her younger self? And yeah, let's go from there. So definitely um, traumas with men, um, some abandonment issues, some attachment issues. Um, being that you know we we look at kids from a developmental standpoint. We look at those initial attachments and your initial ta- attachments are mom and dad. We're not going to talk about mom right now, but dad, um, being that dad hasn't been around, she hasn't had the proper modeling of, okay, this is what a man is like or what a man should do or be like. And all she's ever known is him popping in and out of her life, making awesome. these, these promises. I'm not going to go back this time. This time is going to be different. So when you see in the first episode, he's like, I promise this time is going to be different. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I heard this all before. She's so used to him coming and going in and out of her life being pacified that she has these trust issues and that she has these unhealthy attachments to men and she's kind of settling, like how she settled for Bill. Like, you know, Bill's married. And she's like, oh, but he's getting divorced. And it's like, sis, he's married. He's already taken. But you're like, I'm going to settle. I'm going to wait because he treats me well so far. And it's like, but he's married. You can find anybody else. And you're a family marriage therapist. So it's like, come on. I couldn't I couldn't figure it out at all, Vic. When I seen that, I was immediately like, all right, this is fucking stupid. So (laughs) So it's like I I think about that. Um obviously that the first trauma has started with her dad. Um the premise of the show, her being the foster uh care homes. Um, and her having to kind of govern like that inner child, like she, you could tell just based on her personality, like she's had to take on being a responsible adult at a young age. So she doesn't know what it's like to, um, you know, to date or be in a healthy relationship because she's never experienced any of those things. She's always had to be responsible as you see in a previous scene where she's telling her son you didn't ask for permission to go to jail. And it's like, it's so funny the way she says it, but it's like, she's just so keen on, we have to follow the rules and check off each box that there's no gray area. It's, you know, she sees things with blinders on and it's just like, take a step back here. Um, And we sometimes will see that in our clients, like how you mentioned before, like perfectionism and having to take care of others at a young age and being the third parent or just taking care of, family members in general and not having that time to kind of feel or understand or identify, develop that identity that you have. Yep. And then you kind of mentioned um, how some men would have like a, a life crisis because all they ever known is going to work and taking care of family that they forget them, themselves along the way. And they're not, they're not, uh, I guess, making time for their inner child or being, you know, being childlike or just enjoying things or pleasurable, pleasurable activities throughout life. And it's just work, 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 responsibility after responsibility. So you kind of see that with Paige. Um, She's never had that. She's, she's always had to protect her inner child and not let it out the box or roam and explore things. So it'd be interesting, you know, if, if she had had that, I mean, we probably wouldn't have to show obviously. 
should probably be the more healthy lifestyle. But those are things to kind of think about. And, you know, I'm sure you've seen those things in your line of work that we all know somebody or people we know that kind of, you know, yeah, we all, things. we all know those folks, man. Uh, so the, the show says it's based on some truly fucked up shit. And I don't know if it's based on a true story. Uh, but I know that this story is very common for many people with incarcerated parents, uh, or many people with just like, uh, the breakups and the family issues and fighting. Right. And then maybe they're not healthy. A lot of people that are going through substance abuse issues with their family members. Right. And then their caregivers are in and out of incarceration. So this is some really common themes. This is some reasons why a lot of folks specifically probably going to be not as wealthy, right? They're going to be more poor folks because they're being incarcerated. Hard to get jobs. You're going to find black and brown communities. Uh, and you're going to be some white communities as well. Um, it's just tough to get out of that economic status, that socioeconomic status. And you know, so much chaos. And with that chaos, with lack of money, there's lack of nutrition, lack of resources, lack of education, lack of food, lack of exercise. Just a lo- lack of many different things that can lead to a healthy life. So what do you, you become what you're around. And so you see a lot of unhealthy things. Kids are fucking terrible. Which we've talked about many times in the podcast, bullying, fucking terrible, mean, uh, shit. I was probably terrible until college. Um, and so I could see where she has to deal with the family. Uh, so as folks know, they've been listening to us since day one on the pod, right? Uh, pops was incarcerated. Uh, Ma was cluster B. She kind of is like the white mom in this thing here, um, Nadine. And so it was intense and you got to grow up quicker. Uh, so I recommend a lot of clients. I'll go back into my story. Uh, get the book. I always give this to my students, the drama of the gifted child. It's going to give you a ton of case stories, case studies. And it's got been updated in revisions about how kids are super intelligent, super smart. And they start solving puzzles in the family household. So if there's a lot of fighting in the house, you start to try to make both of them happy and walk on eggshells and try to soothe them to make sure that shit doesn't pop off. Uh, If people ain't paying bills or people aren't regimented or outside the house, right? You're trying to get them to go get to their appointments or get to this. If someone is maybe disabled in that family or like a lot of anxiety, depression issues, or just a shit, they get a lot of attention. So then the other kid doesn't get that much attention and they actually withdraw themselves to take the pressure off the mom and dad, to take the pressure off the parents. So these highly intelligent individuals will start becoming very anxious and very self-sufficient, but also they never get to really form their identity because they're always caregiving. Maybe you don't see that they're caregiving, but they are. And the parents don't notice it because they're focused on the other issues or they're not focused at all because they're neglectful of shit or absent Mm -hmm. parents. Um, So I highly recommend people read that book. If you're in therapy and there's any issues with you kind of like a parent dynamic or just feeling like you have to grow up soon or just a lot of anxiety, a lot of maturity that had to happen, read Drama of the Gifted Child. You will enjoy it. It's intense. So read it chapter by chapter if you want to. Um, so like with me, with mom, there's a lot of that having to grow up quicker. I think the other day we talked to me and Spence and Serena about driving and Spencer was like, Oh yeah, it was, you know, Ma taught me this and that. Right. Mm. And I was like, I literally just watched my mom drive and then I hopped in the car and 
seventh grade and started driving myself to school. Mm. So we're looking at like 12 or 13. I just watched and then I just stole the car. Uh, and then I drove to school and high school multiple times, sometimes even on the highway, like 20 minutes. Uh, uh, barely see over the steering dash. It's not safe, but the dynamics in my life have been interesting. The maturity has had to increase exponentially. Uh, and even with Pops, there was a certain maturity that I had to learn uh, because he forced me to learn. Uh, I remember him specifically saying, you're not 13 anymore. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, 15. Chill out, bro. I'm like, he's a grown-ass man. I'm like, what? I'm still... Hmm. I still got shit stains, man. Like, I still ain't figuring out how to wipe my ass that well. Like... <laughs> um. So some of us have to grow up quicker. I would like to acknowledge that many of us that go through a lot of stuff end up going into caring professions. You will also see a higher clip of women going sure. into these professions because they're, I'll use the quotations, caregivers. Um, women, societal norms, gender roles will put women into the caregiver roles, such as teachers, healthcare professionals, mental health professionals. Um, and then some of the dudes that you'll see in there, uh, you know, that's usually because they've been through some stuff as well. And so they've been kind of groomed as a caregiver, and that's why they're fascinated about it. Or they've seen how fucked up their family is, and they think they want to therapize people. Thus, they get a psychology degree. Because uh, it's intriguing to go to these classes and to see things in your family dynamics. And you're like, oh, y'all motherfuckers are crazy. <laughs> <Damn."> <laughs> what family is it? Yeah. Yeah. You're a legit alcoholic. Oh, okay. Like, I should have knew that without a college degree. It took me 40 grand to figure out why I was an alcoholic. That's a joke. <laughs> it's readily apparent from the multiple DUIs. <laughs> um, so, I, I've dealt with some of these things. Uh, not to the issue where the dad here was kind of like kind of a deadbeat-ish. But I found it very interesting where every corner he would take, he'd get shit on couldn't get his license, couldn't get his birth certificate, tried to get a job, shit gets stolen, tries to get another job. Hey, man, you you got a felony. We can't hire you. It's just really tough. So the recidivism and the ability to get out of your economic status is almost impossible. Statistics will show that majority of people will not leave. By majority, I mean like 90-some percent will not leave their economic status. What you were born in is what you will stay in. But then people are like, the American dream. Nah, a little bit shadier than what you think. A lot of people do make out of it. A lot of people don't. Back to the child thing. Uh, we talked. You talked about the person empty in the chair, chair empty chair technique. So therapists will use it to get you to speak to this individual, this entity in the chair. Uh, so you like you got mom, boyfriend, whatever. You role play it. So it's a role play. Um, I like to call it narrative therapy. Uh, or we can call it gestalt therapy, different types of therapy uh, of getting you to express yourself. Um, so often I'll talk about the little kid. I've talked about it on the podcast of nurturing them and being with them, having their multiple identities. This is the first time I've ever seen it played out in a show. So 100% there was a therapist that helped write the mm -hmm. show or they they facilitated some discussion with the writers. Or Which is awesome. Or a good a good majority of motherfuckers like in that writing room been in therapy because you know they all got shit so you know. <laughs> um, that was the a, first one. They consulted with therapists. Let's go. Let's go. They consulted with their own <laughs> therapist. 
Hey man, I'm writing a show about fucking my trauma. <laughs> well, let's baby, let's talk about let's talk to this empty chair and see what it says. What? <laughs> um, I remember I had an individual do this, uh, and they started bawling. Whenever you bring up the child, and people usually start bawling about it because uh, it's tough to deal with those issues. Uh, it's tough to talk to the younger version of yourself that's been traumatized, has been through some shit. And so I remember I seen them, you know, a couple of weeks or maybe a month later. I was like, hey, man, remember what I said? And he's like, don't you fucking bring up that little kid shit. Mm. I was like, well, it's okay, man. Let's talk to homeboy. And he's like, no, don't bring that shit up again, man, because they didn't want to cry again because, like, that shit hurts. So wonderful technique. If you yourself have some issues that you need to look at, or you're getting that middle age, 20s, 30s, 40s, or legit middle age, 45, 50, somewhere in that age, and you're going through some shit trying to be revitalized, uh, know that it's like the little kid in you that never got any playtime. So maybe you need to revisit that. Uh, I'm not saying you need to buy 50 fucking stuffed animals like me. Um, but maybe, maybe you do some things that are fun and exciting instead of being like some of my students that have done only schoolwork. And when they get to their graduate school, they'd realize that they've wasted so much time and sacrificed and they're depressed as fuck. Cause like, what did I just do? I won't get those years back. I'll never be 20. I'll never be 19 again. It's like, yeah, you kind of fucked off some years, but now let's talk about how we can like do some fun stuff. Now I'm not going to knock her completely. I do have some empathy for her cause she's been through a lot of shit. Uh, so like I get some of the stuff. It's just sad that she hurt some other people, but leads into our third scene. So the third scene is right. The parole officer mall, uh, talks to the dad. Uh, Vic, I'm gonna get your thoughts on that scene. Then Spence will get your thoughts on that scene too. Cause that was by far the best scene. So um first I, I thought it was interesting how uh dad was like hey can i crash at your place and he's like nah player like it's just the conflict of interest you know it's ethically not right and it's like but sir you fucked his daughter so you can't make this one exception like this one time this one time you can't make this exception and he's just if like he nah i'm, just I'm like, wondering if he was still sleeping with her would he have done it like and let him stay there i don't know either way it's fucking it's bad it's bad I feel like he probably would have. Me too. Yeah. So it's just, it's fucked up either way. Um, but it, the, the PO did mention some, some things like, hey, you're the reason why your daughter is so fucked up because you weren't there and you've been making these promises and she hasn't had the proper modeling. Um, and he, he really told dad what he needed to hear. Like it was hurtful, probably something he's probably heard but maybe coming from another man, particularly black man, maybe that hit home for him. Like, damn, like I have been fucking up over the years and maybe why my daughter can't love or, you know, be in a healthy relationship is because she's never seen one. She's never had a good parent figure or someone that's been consistent in her life to show consistent. her this is what it should be like. So I thought that was good that, the PO could relay that to him, but yet still in that moment, it's like a lot of boundaries were already crossed. 
And I'm just so stuck on like, you couldn't just let him stay one night. Like, he's like, nah, I can drop you off at the, you know, three quarter house. You know, he's just like, nah, I'm good. I'll figure it out. But it's like, why didn't he give him that along the show as a resource? I think that would have been maybe a little bit better for dad starting off than him living with the daughter. But I digress. Um, He was supposed to live with his homeboy, but then his homeboy was like, you know, still living that gangster life. And so the daughter's like kidnapped and is like, yeah, you're going to move in with me. Um, Yeah, that was a good situation for him him to go back there. And she just hated, she hated her father so much uh, for all the shit. And that's why she didn't want her son to go to the jail to go see him when he got rearrested. Because uh, she didn't want him to have the same lived the experiences. She didn't yeah. want to have the trauma, and I'm not gonna lie. You know, most of the time going into the uh, the prison, it was never bad. the The worst part was leaving. So when you go there for like you know whatever time it was, an hour or whatever it was, and then you leave, and then you, as a kid you fucking remember that you don't have that person. That they're only there for a few minutes. And then you waste time playing in the kids section while your parents are talking. And you're like, what the fuck? I saw you for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's some of the fucked up trauma things that you have to deal with when you're a kid. I don't think really a lot of parents think about that when they take their kids. Like, it's wonderful to go see the parents. But then also, I, I remember uh, going once and I was like so devastated. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, so we didn't. Now, I think also maybe Pop said something, too, to my mom. Like, stop bringing him, man. It's like, it's not good. I don't know really how it all went down, but shit was weird. Uh, because of the devastation and the grief, you have to get keep reliving the grief. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I get that. The thing is, she had that non-consistent love, or at least I did have consistent love from mom. I had it from others, too. But specifically, when Pops was out, like, legit love. Where her, it was always absentee in a longer period without her father. So what you're saying is it's so ingrained in her. Right? The anxiety, the insecurities, the doubt, the the hatred, the defensive. And think about this, Vic. The person that starts to date someone that's dating someone else is a person that doesn't want to be in a real committed relationship. It's another way of avoiding. You're saying that you're putting yourself out there, but you're getting with people that aren't gettable. You're getting with people that aren't attainable unless you're still self-sabotaging. So it's you dating people that, you know, are super fucking long distance, not because you're okay with long distance, because you know that you don't really have to put a lot into it. Mm-hmm. You know that there's room for error. So if they're gone, they're gone. And so technically right, so if they she's... leave me, I'm not losing anything. Yes. And you know, there's not a lot of expectations, but this is also conscious. So this wouldn't be a conscious thing. This would be a thing that you do over and over and over as you get with people that are unavailable because you're unavailable. So that's where you get into the real deep shit. And that's when you have the breakthroughs with clients and they're like, fuck, I'm fucked up. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, bro. Uh, I mean, you're not good. So <laughs> okay. you're like, you're not, you're not, but then you get into it with the, the clients that have the insecurity issues and that, that comes out in the relationships. Like, uh, we, it was kind of mentioned earlier, like those clients who have insecurities, they need a lot of affirmations that they're doing Stop. good or that they're good. 
it's like, you should know that you're good. You don't need to be validated all the time, but you have people in relationships like that, that they're, that's all they know. I mean something when I'm constantly validated or affirmed that I'm doing something right. Like, for instance, my job, I don't need my supervisor or superior to tell me you're doing a good job. Yeah. I'm doing a good, doing a good job. I don't need the affirmation, but it's, I, I, I hear from my clients that I do intakes and they're like, thank you. It was really nice working with you today. That's positive feedback. But I don't need to hear from my supervisor, even though she just told me last week, like, you're doing a great job. I'm like, thank you. Like, it's, it's hard for me to, it's like, you're paying me to do that. So I don't, I don't know. I guess yeah, it's you, just me. You no, no, you don't have to have it all the time where others are more insecure. And thus mm -hmm. me and Spence have talked about it a bunch of times in his relationship. Uh, right, he doesn't need it constant, and then also his partner doesn't need it constant, 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 constant. But there's not the neediness. Mm -hmm. And so, like I heard in a different movie I was watching, you know, you don't know that you're safe and secure in your relationship unless you're right up their ass. <laughs> <laughs> that was me fisting. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm oh, done. God. Okay, yeah, I went too far. Yeah. <laughs> And then pulling it out like a Chipotle burrito. Yeah, real okay. smart to explain that. Yeah. yeah. No one got uh, it. <laughs> um, and so I like that me and Spence have talked about that before a ton on the pod. There's certain ways, but you got to, you and your partner got to co sign that shit. Like both of you got to be on the same page. The other one can't be left in the wind. And you'd be like, honey, I love you. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so right, it's a, what is the communication that both of you agree on? And she just doesn't know. She, and so many couples just don't know. I got one individual I remember working with, like they're losing their shit and freaking out and bothering their partner constantly. Are, are you love me. You love me, right? You love me. Or are you going to leave me? I know you're going to leave me. Then they'll text and text and text. So the, uh, I said, how many times you call them when they didn't answer? She said, oh, like 15. I said, let me see. Damn. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. I said, let me see. I'm going to get closer to the microphone. They said, okay, it's a little more. I said, how many? She said, more. I said, let me see. Over 60 times they called them. 60? Six, six zero. I said, okay, so this is, this is now OCD. This is more than just... Anxiety. This is now OCD, and you know we're gonna we're gonna work on some medication and stuff because this is inappropriate. Um, so then we worked on some stuff. We set some limits, some actually quantitative limits, no more than three phone calls or three texts without someone re them responding back to you. And then we're gonna have to soothe ourselves before we push them away. And you will then mm -hmm. validate that you are a piece of shit at that point in time. <laughs> That's what you're going to do. Fair. And they would look at me like, Nas, I'm fucked up, I'm fucked up. I said, yeah, but we can work on this, and you've gotten better. So I remember one time the, the individual said something to me, and I said, you know what? I, I don't know what to tell you, man. I, I feel sorry for your partner. And I knew that was going to destroy them. And they told me that the next week. She said, why would you say that? I said, kid, you can't keep traumatizing this, this boy. You're gonna, you, you're gonna, he needs therapy. Uh, this isn't fair. You can't keep hurting someone because you can't control your stuff. I, I get he's wonderful and the ma loves you and all that, but we, we got to really start working on this stuff and, and things did get better. 
things to get better. We tried different couple of medications, tried more behavior therapy, cognitive therapy. They do, they do get better. If you actually want to get better, things can get better. That's the thing. If the person is willing to put in the work, if they want the help in the relationship, it can't just be one person co-signing and the other's like, eh, I know there's something wrong, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Yes. That part. That part. Completely correct. And so this person was willing to do whatever it took to make sure that this worked. And they were a fucking trooper and they would tell me everything. They might have hide it from the doctor or getting the medicine. I said, you didn't tell the doctor that? I said, nope. I said, it's okay. You know, I'm going to have to tell the doctor now. Okay. He's like, you signed uh, that ROI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. you, you done said you're suicidal now, so now I got to report this shit because I got to write it down. So because, you know, you fucked up so bad, you want to take your own look. Well, I'm not letting this happen, so we need to write it down. Uh, then they, they get better. Um. I'm going to give a case study, but I want to check in with Spence. You've seen the second scene, right? This is an actual, like, good acting in this scene uh, by Maul. Uh, what were you thinking when you're listening to it? Just what were your first impressions just listening to it? Um, I don't know. It was, it's, it's one of those scenes where it's just like, uh, I'm going to tell you like it is. You're going to learn something and you hope like the next scene, the dad does something and learns from it. But at the same time, it's just like, all right, dude, it, that's it. Like what you said is that's it. Like, okay, cool. Um, yeah. I, I know I've been like a bad influence on my daughter. No shit. But the prison, like what the fuck? Of course, of course I wasn't, you know, the best fucking model person for her. Um, and she didn't really have anybody else in her life. Um, but at the same time, you know, he's hurt and all that. So it's like, he's kind of venting towards him. Um, yep. you know, I think he should be venting towards the daughter as well. Cause she's a grown ass adult and she made a very conscious decision. And although the trauma that played into, you know, the part the of her cheating. Yeah. It's, it was a choice at the end of the day. Um, and so she made that dumb choice instead of just breaking up with them it's like if you break up with them and then sleep with your ex that's fine but you know you decided to sleep with your ex and then just break up with your boyfriend or you use that to break up with him instead of actually just breaking up with him in the first place um actually uh, so, i think what you said there is probably very accurate mm-hmm she did that just to sabotage the good relationship to probably, she said she did it to prove to herself that she didn't want the ex or the partner, no. but she most likely did it to sabotage all of it to prove that she was toxic. Yeah. Cause she knew she wasn't going to get back with her ex. Most yeah, likely it was pretty bad. And so, so she pretty much just did that to, um, sabotage her good relationship. Um, and so I just think that, um, a lot of people probably have seen that scene and they might have um, just drawn it up as, well, I have trauma in the past. So, you know, whatever, you know, I did some bad shit. It's not a free pass. You know? Just because you got trauma it's is not, not a free pass. pass to hurt people. And that's what I think is a big message to send out to people is that um, just because you have trauma in your life doesn't mean that you should be hurting other people or blame other people for dumb decisions that you obviously mm-hmm. made by yourself. Currently. That was a decision. Yeah. Um, you know. Can you repeat that? Repeat that one more time. 
I can't. I don't remember anything when I'm in the state. I blank I'm, out. I'm not going to lie. Neither do I. My clients would be like, nah, say what you just said again so I can write it down. I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck I just said. Like, yeah, I know. The last we left so off, I was just so right tired. I talked Basically, about tostadas. Said, <laughs> tostadas. Basically, you said, you know, you can't use your traumas as excuses for why you hurt people. Yeah. It's got to be. You can't be like, well, I did this because this happened to me or because you did this or it's like work on your shit. Just get yeah, your shit done. Work on your shit. Always, stop hurting people. It's going to be a factor in your life and what you do. But at the same time, you are your own person. You can make those decisions by yourself. You know, she's obviously not like mentally handicapped. She's not disabled. Like, you know, she's not to the point where she doesn't know what's going on. She knows exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. She's a therapist. She cuts things down into the smallest degree and she understands what's going on. But, you know, and I, I just thought maybe personally, I think Maul should just went off on her a little bit more than what he did. And, you know, and just, spoke the truth more to her than to the father um because was the was the dad going to do now with that information you know yeah is he going to he can't raise her just as much as she's been raised you know she's a grown-ass woman she has a kid fucking take your lumps and make sure that you know you're actually you actually learn from your experience she didn't learn shit from any of that but he could be a so he could be a better grandparent to his grandson. True. It's and true. actually, he's a really good granddad in the show. Um, yeah, I think what Spence is saying is kind of something to be said. I don't think that you need to take it easy on the, the, the dad in that situation, but also why would you kick him when he's down? He just got incarcerated, Yeah, and, and, and then he's trying to do well. It's really hard for life. You could well, push someone to the to brink of suicide. Help. He didn't come to him for you know this lesson in... Like how to be a father. Yeah, it's not his. You know? it, it's not his fault in the moment no. that she did what she did. <laughs> did right. he cause trauma that might have led to that? Maybe, but if he was a perfect dad and she did the same shit, then what? Right. There's nothing there. You have There's to be no accountable there. Yeah, be accountable, be accountable for yourself. And let's be honest, when you watch that scene, does she learn anything? Does she go away from things being like, damn, I should have done this? No, she jumps to the next scene complaining about her fucking mom or, yep. or her dad's step-mom. girlfriend. Yes, yeah, they, I, I, it's stepmom. She raised her for like 10 years or some shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like she doesn't, in at least from the scenes that I've seen, she doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like she's being accountable for any of her actions that are actually going on. Yes, she told him about yep. what was happening, but she should have came to him in the beginning and been like, hey, I'm having these issues. I don't think this is going to work out. Um, I need to work on myself. Boom. There you go. And then you can do whatever the fuck you want after that. Mm-hmm. But like he said, Hurt people hurt hurt people, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Hurt people hurt others, yeah. man. Uh, yeah. It's tried and true. It's tried and true. Hurt people hurt others. Uh, there is one big issue in the entire show, and it's no one wants accountability. No. And, you know, I, I, I've been in these conversations. Obviously, yeah. you, uh, I'm not going to get too much in it, but the dad fucked up. Mm. People fuck up. I get it. Yeah. But the dad doesn't want to take a lot of accountability because taking accountability for the things that you did and how it hurt your children is a very hard pill to swallow. 
that mm -hmm. can lead to massive anxiety, depression, suicidality. You already know right. what you did wrong. Most of us, mm -hmm. all of us that fuck up and fail or mess something up or whatever, we know we fucked it up. We, we, mm -hmm. You don't need to tell me. I'm already kicking myself and feel like the biggest piece of shit on earth. I already don't feel like living. You don't mm -hmm. already need to tell me. Just, I, we both acknowledge that I fucked it up. That's it. Let's move on. And yeah. so you see that with the dad throughout the show. You see that with the stepmom because they, the stepmom is like accountable. She's like, yeah, I fucked up. She's like, I yeah. also did the best mm -hmm. that I could. Your father went to prison. You're mm -hmm. not even my fucking kid. And I took you in. I gave you a house. I tried to feed you. I'm a, mm -hmm. I was fucking doing drugs and shit. Like, so she stays accountable. The daughter says some things about being accountable, but it's like tough. And I think that's something to maybe point out is if you're neurodivergent, listen to the podcast or neurotypical, doesn't matter is as you get older, if you screw up, just be accountable. Yeah. You don't always have to apologize because <laughs> God knows I don't always apologize for the shit that I do. Right. But I will be like, okay, yeah, no, that, that was fucked up. That, no, that was fucked up. That's 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 my bad. Yep, yep. I'll do better. Sometimes I'll just say I'll do better, and I'll say that's my bad, and then you know, I already know why. I already know what you're gonna say. Like boom, boom, boom. I'm gonna take care of it. Won't happen again. Uh, and people right. will be like looking for that. I'm sorry. If I am truly sorry, I'll say it. But sometimes I do things where I thought it was the right choice, and thus I don't really feel sorry because I thought it was the right choice in the moment, and turns out it wasn't. But if I did hurt some folks, then you're right. It depends. I don't just like throwing words out there. I like to have meaning when I say things. Um, right. If you're watching the pod, be accountable for your actions. If you fuck up, I don't care. If you mess up like her, like obviously I care, but be accountable afterwards. So this is the yeah. the last, pretty much last scene in the entire series. Uh, mm. What did she learn? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Uh, I'm not sure. I think the show did get renewed. It did. It probably um, did, likely. Yeah, no, I, I'm pretty. I was looking at the renewals the other day and all the cancellations. Disney and Netflix just went on a binge of canceling shit. Yeah. Uh, they need uh, to save money. Yeah, Hulu went on a binge of canceling stuff, but this since is like somewhat of a network show, they kept it. Um, accountability is a tough one for anyone to swallow. I think people that are learning on the job, supervisors, mm -hmm. therapists, just be accountable in therapy. Fuck up. Bad students check me. God, I remember saying one thing was so embarrassing in front of people. It was in Zoom. I said something. I'm not going to say what I said because I'm so ashamed. And the student says, hey, I think you meant to say this. You said, well, the thing that you said is actually kind of fucked up. Uh, you meant to say this. And so I ain't mad at you, but like, just do better. And it completely took me out of my trance of my presentation I was doing on Zoom. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck, Nas? I knew the verbiage to say what I wanted to say. And I blew it. I'll never blow it again. But I blew it in the moment. Happens. Accountability is key. Uh, and you, know, you don't always have to forgive people. You don't always have to forgive people. But uh, you can kind of move past the anger and hatred. Kind of like we were talking about in Beef, uh, Vic. There's some shit mm -hmm. that you need to let go because it's just going to destroy you. Uh, like me and Spence talk about on the podcast with the Star Wars, the darkness shit just fucking kills you, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, what were we talking about the other day with Serena? The man called Otto holding on to all yeah. that fucking nastiness, man. 
that led mm-hmm. him to want to fight and kill everyone. Uh, and then he was going to miss out on all the time with his wife that she had left, even though she was paralyzed. Um, how do we learn to let go, hold people accountable? You don't always have to forgive. Uh, I'm glad you brought up those points, Spence. It's, it's, it's complicated. But like you said, and Vic said this, for the back, the cheap seats, you can't use your trauma as an excuse or to abuse your current partner or friends. That's not an excuse. You, you, have, you have to do better than what happened. Just sure as fuck don't be hypocritical. Diagnosis, she definitely has a childhood trauma, uh, definitely has generalized anxiety disorder, and she definitely has some personality disorder issues. Uh, could be avoidant attachment as well, could be anxious attachment, a uh, different, couple different things that are going on. It makes her very insecure, very anxious, very OCD, very protective. And she gets better throughout the show, but still, it's a work in progress. Um, so earlier I talked about people being dependent. I remember working with... woman came into my office. Said, right, I just got done breaking up with my boyfriend. We were like second grade sweethearts. They've been dating since they were puppies. Uh-huh. And... This person's gorgeous. Their partner was gorgeous. Both highly intelligent, right? It looked like a perfect couple on paper. And she said, I've been with them for so long. We broke up. I've been with them for so long. I don't know who the fuck I am. They were so anxious about everything. Everything had nothing to even do with the fucking relationship. Everything. Making sure that people are happy, presenting in a certain way, intelligent, looking good and attractive. Like all of it. They just didn't know who they were without all the pressure. Of being like also the perfect girlfriend. And so we were working together on our anxiety management, setting some boundaries. We worked on a lot of journaling and processing. So intelligent. She was actually the reason why I watched Star Wars. She shamed me for never seeing it. And she would do the binges. And She's not even like Mm -hmm. that super nerdy of a kid. Mm -hmm. But I binge watched Star Wars over the summer so that I could talk to her about it the next fall. And I remember one thing specifically I want to talk about because I've used it. She, she taught me something. She used this gratitude journal in a different way. She used it as an affirmation journal, but a gratitude slash affirmation journal for herself. So in the back of her journal, if anyone ever affirmed her throughout the day, other than her beauty, because she was, like I said, gorgeous young lady, people say nice shoes, nice hair, nice whatever, right? You look good today. That doesn't count. Not for her. They said you're intelligent or you're so kind or thank you for doing this. You're a good friend. Um, You were well-spoken today. Any type of affirmation, any type of compliment that was other than her appearance, she wrote down in her journal at the end of the day. After we started that in the spring, so maybe like March, we checked back in in the fall. She had a fucking list, pages and pages of who she was and what her identity was based on what people said. Because she didn't believe shit. She was also anxious and always worried about the boyfriend and all the issues. She didn't believe anything. He said, I love you, you're this and that. You just don't know because you were so dependent on that person. Who are you outside of the relationship? And so they broke up. And she did that journal. Now I recommend it for a, a shit ton of my clients. So they say something good, write it down. Because you will remember every horrible fucking mistake you made. And you will feel Uh like shit. And you will remind yourself you're a piece of shit. Every day. But the good things you'll forget. 
So she wrote them down. We did some work on her anxiety. Uh, I coached her through some dating stuff. Go figure. She's getting dating and advice and then how to text people on Tinder through me. <laughs> I'm like, nice. girl, this what you gonna this what you gonna type, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Send that motherfucker a gif of a Pokemon. You got him. She's like, I ain't doing that shit. Well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so we processed her anxieties, her likes, her dislikes, and uh, she went on a few dates with some individuals. But we were just figuring out who she is and building her up. She was even anxious to travel. She was worried about her abilities of being a teacher and an educator. How could she be a strong, independent, intelligent woman, powerful woman, and then be so anxious and insecure? What's she going to teach the kids she's going to work with? What are they going to see? No, they're going to know. So we built her up. Fast forward. I ended up seeing her partner in therapy. Didn't know that it was her partner at the time. Just a random motherfucker, right? Sorry for swearing. Could have just said random person. Um, and, you know, I always, you know, I because I remember me and her, we we dogged his ass out quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> quite, quite, quite a bit. And then I meet him. I'm like, holy shit, this is actually a really good dude. <laughs> and both of, of them were just very immature, but he's a legit good dude. And he was so... Uh, ashamed uh, of his behavior um, and breaking up and he did the work and we talked and we talked and we talked and we talked about intimacy, vulnerability, love languages, communication, how to know what's love, what's lust, how do you know this is your partner, how do you know that this is the person that you're going to die with? Um, a lot of anxieties, right? There's a lot of that, You've been with this person since they're in second grade, you're fucking terrified. There's so many other people out there. So we worked through it all, and I think he told me they were starting to text a little bit, and I said, hey, God bless you. You're both, you're both healthy and happy, right? If it's meant to be, you'll talk, and it'll be meant to be. I don't see any problems. Shoot a text. I get an email after they graduated, and they got married. I remember sending an email back to him. I said, what the fuck? I got no wedding invitation? I'm just saying, like, you know, both y'all got healthy because of me, and I didn't get shit. I mean, I ain't getting no cake. I ain't even getting no cake. <laughs> I know the cake's the best part. I know the cake. You know, like food and shit. I would guarantee I would have been the only brown person at that wedding. Uh, but that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> big surprise there. Like, who's this big brown motherfucker eating all the cake? <laughs> I kept pissed. I remember going to. Both of their senior presentations. And they both were looking at me and they, you know, they, they both knew I work with them because they were talking, but they, they didn't want to act like I, I knew, but I knew. And it was so awkward. They looked at me. I look at them. I look at the partner. They look at, it was so, so fucking awkward. Uh, just confidentiality, right? I can't expose anything. Why, why do I talk about this? Majority of the time, this shit ain't about to happen where you get back together. And you both do the work. That shit is a rarity. Both of them spent a year separately working on some stuff. Like Vic said earlier, you know, it takes two to tango. Most of the time you'll get one person that'll do a little bit of work. And then because they're alone, they go back. Or they'll accept work, someone work, that just work, says a work. few nice things. Oh, he said I look good. Yeah. The loudest motherfucker in the room will be the worst motherfucker in the room. 
If you're also confident, sorry, the dudes or the women that are going up to you and talking to you, those are the ones, they ain't got no anxiety. They're just going up to the next person after the next person's a numbers game. The more kind, the more patient, more empathetic, the more anxious people, they're not coming up to you right away. Especially if you're traveling in packs, like two or three people, we're not coming up to you. We're not coming up to you. It's the dirtbags that are coming up to you. And you're like, oh, they're confident. No, they're 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 dirtbags. Let let's 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 stop. Let's call, call it like it, it is. is. Call it like it is. Uh shout out to my boy. <laughs> you're a dirtbag. I'm not gonna say which one it is. <laughs> Damn. You know who it is. Yeah, I got one of them that's just straight up dirtbag. So <laughs> he would be like, "No, nah, it's a numbers game." I'm like, "Yeah, man, you play too many numbers." Like this is pretty sure I saw it personally. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So you ain't seen this one. You got no clue. This other boy, Jesus. Oh yeah, he's a walking <laughs> petri dish of STDs. So We're good. Oh, that's disgusting. Hopefully his wife doesn't hear this. So if they're still together, damn. Yeah, she knows. She knows what you got into. She knows you ho. Starting around. Yep. Uh, all right. Before we get out of here, treatment mm. plan. Both of them, obviously, therapy. This is one legit thing where you need to be talking to someone individually. You need to do a lot of introspection about likes, dislikes, traumas, past, connections, avoidant. Why are you always seeking people that are unavailable? Why are you always unavailable? Why are you starting shit when there is no shit? Um, huh. You know, why are you looking for these things that you know are unhealthy? Uh, you need to do a lot of introspections and understand why. What is causing the behaviors, the thoughts, the beliefs? Behaviors, thoughts, beliefs. We can change some behaviors. And we can mess around, change some thoughts. And then we can get to that belief deep, deep, deep down. Now you can be in a healthy relationship. It's about healing. Uh, and those of you that know me uh, know that I'm a single individual, but I know what love is. I've been in love. Um, I, it's the right choice and right time. Imagine being me that's good at talking. It's a therapist. I know what to say and how to say it to get people to be enamored by me uh, and to trust me. So it's kind of creepy knowing that I have that power because uh, it's like, do I actually like the person? Or do I just want to have like fun and get some attention? Manipulation. Kind of a little Empower. sociopathic there. A little sociopathic, but you know, you know, Spence see me girl crushing on someone at the graduation, so you know, right? And, you know, so and he knows it does happen I'm where I get to ignore it. I was just like, oh my god. Yeah, he knows. He knows when I get attracted. <laughs> you know? It doesn't happen often, but when if I get attracted to the jokes that you post. Yeah. And you know I'm all in. So I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. See, motherfucker, you talking yeah. about like burritos? You're like, what the fuck is he talking about? Yeah. Burritos? I'm like, girl, you understand these these food jokes, huh? Oh, okay. <laughs> I know you. What did I tell one of my clients the other day? I said, you know what, girl? I said, you're a chubby person deep down at heart. You got a chubby heart. I said, and I said, man, that's probably not a good thing. You might need to get it checked out. Yeah, your cholesterol is really high right now. So. I said you're just like my oh people. My I said you're just like my people. You, you gotta, you're like a fat person. You just want to chill and eat and just sit in the house of your homebody that just likes eating. 
I said, you need a big dude. I'm sorry, because I know you'd be going after lacrosse players and shit, but, like, we got to do a change of course. Get some fat dudes. I'm telling you, I said, you need big people in your life. Even if they're just homegirls or friends, you need some big people. <laughs> uh, she's like, you're right. I was like, you ain't going to find none, though, because I know nope. you're not. <laughs> nope. Nope. You just going to go on. Swipe left. Yeah, you just are just going to the pub. Oh, yep. Just go up to like some, just go up to some people, man. He seems nice. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> He's fucked up, man. Like he seemed he would treat me real well. Nope. <laughs> Don't need that in my life. Fuck no. that. Because I can't have nothing real. No. All right. Mm. That was me having some fun, but also preaching. Uh, mm. I don't know who I feel worse for in the moment. Is it her? Is it the son? Or is it the dad? I think I'm more worried about the dad. I think I'm more worried about the dad. Mm. The son learned a lot of shit from the dad. He's good. There's a scene that he cries about the dad. It was intense. I cried to that scene, but... uh Many folks really that got any family members that went to prison or parents that went to prison and got out, this show will be a little weird for you. But mm. enjoy it. I'm done, kid. All right. Vic, anything else before we go? Boundaries. Bo- everyone. Boundaries, guys. Okay, boundaries. <laughs> everyone. Set, set, he- set healthy boundaries. Um, there you go. Partners, boundaries. friends, if you're a therapist, Definitely, yes, it's like fucking As yes. As you seen in the show, the PO didn't have boundaries, clearly, ethically. Uh, yeah, boundaries. she knew what she was doing. I don't She knew. slept with her father's PO. Yeah, like she knew exactly and she also slept with a married man, so. Yeah, and but like he's the one that pursued to... him, her, in the I'm like, bro, what are you doing? You know, I'm pretty sure, I don't know the law, but I'm pretty sure you can get in trouble for that. Oh, yeah. Also, you have to understand, too, is that she knew, she knows that he's a good guy. She knows he's a good guy. So she wants to flip that. She wants to make him a bad dude. <laughs> like, ooh, let me get him in trouble. Him a bad boy. I've actually had this with couples. Uh, they'd be like, yeah. I want to break up with them because they're a good person. I can't do it. So I wish he would just fuck something up so I could be mad at him so I could break up with him. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm not going to lie. That's toxic as hell. It's not good. It's, it gives me a yeah. reason to break up with them. I'm like, just tell them they're not your person. I don't, I don't understand the reason thing. Like, just do it. Like, what the fuck? Like, you, you have confidence enough when you're pissed off but you don't have any confidence when you're just, when he's being nice to you. Ah, oh, he's so nice. I can't break up with him. Just break up with him. <laughs> you can do it. Yeah. Just say, this isn't working out. No, thanks. Bye. See you yep. later. He'll move on. Cause he's he a nice will. guy. You won't move on. Cause that's the thing. They always have to have somebody to blame. It's your fault. That part. Yeah. Yep. It's your yep. fault. You're that's the reason hard. why we broke up. All it's right. hard. Anyway. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Appreciate it. Like I said before, check out our Google Drive. Lots of good resources in that. But then also leave a tip for us. Uh, Nas worked hard to put that together. So 
do it. Um, Don't say it. That was. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I already made that joke. Can't do it again. Um, <laughs> and we also have our June guests coming on. Um, different people, different vibes. So we'll see how this goes. Yeah, so I don't know any of them. So this is going to be fun. <laughs> to be, fun. To be fair, I, I only know like two out of the ten. So. Oh, that's good. Can't wait for this. This is not going to be awkward at all. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're all neural divergent, so we're just gonna roll with it. Oh my god, that's even worse. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's uh, like they're not gonna even notice. No, no, they'll notice. They're gonna be like, "This is fine." Um, <laughs> Talk about shitting on each other. I don't get it. What's the joke here? Yeah, did he just fist in the air? <laughs> okay. All people. right. Anyways, thank you everybody for watching. I'm Spencer. That's Nas. This is the Different Spectrums Podcast. Bye. Peace. Much love. Bye.